Welcome to the Misha Rouser Show. I'm Misha, an organizational psychologist, and I'll be taking you down a path towards achieving professional success while still having fun. For over a decade, I have been guiding individuals and organizations through professional transitions. The goal is to help you, your business, or organization create a successful, engaging atmosphere without sacrificing a positive culture. So let's get started. Hello, everybody. I am Misha, and welcome to the Misha Rouser Show, and thank you so much for listening. Again, this show is all about leadership and professional development, everything you need to know to be more competent and confident in your professional life, everything from communication skills, conflict, negotiations, personal productivity, emotional intelligence, all that fun, wonderful stuff. That's what we get to talk about and get into in this show. And so, Benny, how are you doing today? Doing well. Being a leader, not the follower. That's right. <laughs> Bust right through all the walls. That's all I had. That's, That's all, all I got. Nice energy, though. I Thank love you very it. much. I appreciate it. Woo-hoo. It's there. Finally found it. <laughs> all right. Awesome. So, um, let's see. Some logistics there. So, if you um, remember, all of these shows are recorded and you can listen to them as a podcast. You can get that podcast on iTunes or Stitchers. And again, please, if you are enjoying the podcast, please take a few moments to review those. Um, as you know, that will help bring the podcast to the awareness of others who you think might also appreciate and enjoy the show. You can also get more information on my website. That's MishaRouser.com. And I love getting feedback from all of you and questions and so forth. So do go to my website and you can submit your questions there. And um, I try to get back to you within 24 to 48 hours. So it's a great resource for you as well. Okie dokie. I think that's all my logistics today, Benny. All right. We're going to get into kind of um, what we're going to be talking about today is negotiations. And the reason my little bit of my hesitation is a lot of people really don't like negotiating because it's a little bit of conflict sometimes. Um, And when I'm talking about negotiations, I'm not talking about just like if you're if that's only your job is you do like contract negotiations and that type of thing. I'm talking about every day we are negotiating. I mean, we're negotiating with our kids. We're negotiating with our coworkers. We are just seem to constantly be using some type of negotiation skills. So whether you're just negotiating with your kids or if you are seriously in a contract negotiations, we're going to go over some tips that can help you with um, thinking about, okay, how can you better maneuver through negotiations? And so this talk is going to be covering, you know, if you were going to be negotiating a contract and so forth. But remember, a lot of this are the same elements and the same things to be thinking about, even if it's your kids that you're negotiating with. You don't ever do that, do you? Never. (laughs) No. Of course I do. You know, kids, I, I, that's a starting point. <laughs> and I bring up kids all the time because kids really is leadership 101. Oh, yeah. I mean, you're having to figure out every day new ways to motivate them, to get them engaged, to keep, you know, and when they get cranky or when you're having to negotiate <laughs> or, yeah. I just, I've already had like three today so <laughs> with them, so we're good. I know, and you got the double whammy. With yeah, the so that's why I'm saying there's three, at least today. <laughs> that was in the first hour of waking up. I know. It's so hard. I mean, just in the morning, it's like, no, I really need you to get dressed now. Yeah, we right. need to leave now. So that's a total negotiation. Right, totally. Trying to figure it out every day. I know. Your brother got his shoes on. If I untie yours, will you do yours? Okay. There's the first one. <laughs> 
Awesome. All right, I'm guessing you're a pretty good negotiator there. Uh, I usually, or just jump right in and just like, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Okay. All right, so here's what we're going to jump into first. So let's, again, if we are actually going into some type of contract negotiations or some type of um, more business negotiations, one of the things you want to start with is obviously do some research, please. It's ridiculous how many people do not do research, and it, it shows up. I mean, even if you're just researching the other people to try to figure out, okay, who are they, what, um, what, you know, what, what's their background, and so forth. Now, when you are doing your research, what you're trying to do, too, is figure out, okay, what's in their interest? Why, you know, why are they in these negotiations? What's important to them in these negotiations? So when you're doing your research, one aspect of it is thinking about, again, what, why is this important to them? Try to figure out what is their win here? What are they? What is their position? What are they trying to get? The other part of your research is then get your numbers and get your facts together. Uh, that can really help you quite a bit, especially if it is some type of statistics, um, research behind what, you know, that support what you are pushing for. Um, it could be like, for example, real estate. It's, do you have all the market analysis? Do you know exactly what's going on and what the other homes are doing? So please make sure and take the time to do your research. And then um, going back then to uh, more importantly, though, is what is their position? What is their interest? What is important to them about this? Usually you guys are coming, you know, the two of you will be coming at this or three or four, depending on how many people are in the negotiation. Everybody's coming from their own self-interest. And what are those? They're usually a little bit different. Um, again, a perfect example of just to say real estate, you have the buyer and the seller. I mean, they have two different interests. The buyer wants to get it for the least amount possible. The seller wants to sell it for the highest amount possible. So almost everybody is going into this usually with different interests. And it really helps to understand what those interests are. Um, so for example, let's go back to interest. Let's say for, I like just using the real estate one just because it's so easy to use. And most people can relate to that one. And so going back to that, when we're talking about interest, then it's also, let's say if you were representing this, the buyer and you're going in to do this negotiation, you're also going to want to find out what else is important to the seller. Yes, usually it's going to be the price is number one. But maybe they're being relocated because of their job and they've got to get out of this house ASAP. So they want a quick closing. They want to sell it quickly. Um, maybe another interest could be, this has been, the house has been in their family for, you know, decades, and it has a lot of sentimental value. Then what could be important to them is the emotional aspect of that, knowing that it's going to a, another family that's really going to love it as much as they do versus a developer who's just going to tear it down. Um, so it really helps to find those other interests because that's going to help you when you get into the negotiations. That's going to help you to understand what else is valuable to them. Okay, now their position. Their position is usually different than their interest. So their position could be something of, you know, again, maybe they're, they're retiring and their position is they just need to sell the house. Their position could be that they are, um, there. it was a death and they are the, um, the people who handle the trust. And so the position is just to sell off all the assets of the trust. And so, again, everybody has a little bit of a different position as well. And so we got to understand, okay, what is their position and, and what is their level of expectation then based on that position? Um, it, so to clarify that a little bit more, just to make sure, 
again, if you were just a homeowner and retiring and thinking about selling, your position is you may not, and if you can't get the price you want, then you may not sell. Um, whereas if you're a, a trust accountant or, a, I'm sorry, a trust attorney, and your position is you've got to sell it. You've got to be able to turn that thing over and sell off all the assets. So it's different. So that's what I mean by thinking about what is the position of the other person as well. And again, this goes into business. You know, are you t- what is the level of authority that you're talking to? Are they decision makers or are they the gatekeeper? And do you need to negotiate first with them to help them understand, okay, if they are just the gatekeeper, okay, what do I need to help them understand so that they can be seen in the best light to then make the approval to move us forward to the next stage? All right, now the next big topic here when we're thinking about the basics in negotiations is what's called the BATNA, B-A-T-N-A, or basically what that means is what is your best alternative to a negotiated solution? So what basically what is your bottom line or what are some of the other things that you're willing to negotiate here or, or, or to concede to? What are some other things that maybe you are not going to be willing to move on or you just can't move on? Be very clear on what those are. And I know for some of you who are listening to this, you're kind of like, yeah, duh. I mean, if you don't know that, then you're totally at a disadvantage. Correct. And so my point being, though, too, is sometimes we tend to go into the negotiations to feel it out without having a BATNA in mind. And you have no idea where this is going to be going. So it helps tremendously if you can have a baseline already in mind because you don't know what's going to happen in that very first negotiation. Um, One of the things to keep in mind of why that's important there is um, one of the big ones that a lot of people will talk about sometimes in the question is, hmm, okay, let's say if it's price or, you know, it's around money, who goes first? Who's going to throw that and put that, that price out there? Is it better to have them do it or is it better for you? So let's say it's, for example, um, you're negotiating your salary. And so you've gone through the interviewing and da-da-da, now it's finally down and nobody has talked money up to this point, which is very common in today's business world. And now you both have decided, okay, we really like each other. We think this would be a good fit. Okay, now the money. Um, who throws it out first? Rule of thumb, a lot of times, whatever number is thrown out there first, that serves as the stake in the ground. And then we negotiate from there. So sometimes it could be very much to your advantage to throw that out um, to get a higher stake in the ground, you know, to put it up higher. So say if you're negotiating, you know, wages, you can say, okay, I, I want, you know, the, I would be looking at around 80000 knowing that you're perfectly happy going down to 70000 um, But you don't know. Maybe they're going to be offering ninety. The The thing that the worst case that can happen with salary, especially if it's at the point where we've agreed we both like each other, if you can throw yours out there, it probably is a little stronger because if they can't do it, if that was way out of their expectations, they're going to let you know. They're going to say, wow, that was, you know, I'm, that, that's out of our budget. Oh, okay. Well, what is in your budget? But even then, they know they're going to start talking at the top end of their budget versus starting out at the bottom. Now, the only negative is, is if you threw out 80000 and they were thinking the bottom of theirs was 100000 hmm, okay, now they know they're going to start at the bottom. Um, so anyway, it's, it's a hard one. It's just keep in mind that usually whatever number is thrown out there, that sets as a baseline that then you're negotiating from. So keep that in mind when you're doing that. All right, we are going to take a quick break here. Um, you're listening to the Misha Rouser Show, and we will be right back after this break.
Dynamic careers in organizations require dynamic thinking. Success is measured in terms of positive, productive, meaningful workplaces. Misha Rouser, master coach, organizational psychologist, and successful entrepreneur, has helped thousands become more confident in their leadership and professional abilities. Misha's years of research and private practice have given her the tools to help you or your organization improve performance. Log on now to learn more about coaching, consulting, or training with Misha Rouser at MishaRouser.com. That's M-E-I-S-H-A-R-O-U-S-E-R.com. Hello, my name is Marie Manucheri. I'm an energy intuitive author and host of Where Energy and Medicine Meet. During the show, I answer callers' questions, intuitively, of course, and provide invaluable guidance. I also interview others who I believe are on the leading edge of thought. Tune in on Thursday mornings at 9 a.m. Pacific Time on 1150 a.m. in Seattle or live wherever you are at energyintuitive.com. So effective leadership isn't something that just happens. It takes time and effort. Misha Rouser, master coach, organizational psychologist, and successful entrepreneur, has developed a concentrated series of courses to help you become your best as a leader and professional. Explore your leadership style, become a communications master, and learn to plan strategically in order to make better decisions. 1150kknw.com. It's why they invented the Internet. We think. Alternative Talk, 1150 AM. Welcome back to the Misha Rouser Show, and I am Misha. Today we are talking about negotiations and how to be a better negotiator. Um, Okay, I'm just going to dive right back in. Where we had left off is we talked about, okay, ideally, before you go into negotiations, always do your research, understand what the positions are, what the interests are of the other players, know what your BATNA is, your best alternative to a negotiated um, um, offer. And then also we started talking about a little bit of thinking outside of the box. So when we were talking earlier about positions and interests and also about um, our Batman, what are we willing to negotiate on? Um, another thing that you want to be thinking about is also what might be of interest to them, you know, and what are some things, some cards that you can be playing or maybe something you can be holding back. Some of those things could be, for example, we were talking about negotiating salaries uh, of course, you know, there's other things that are also of value. Obviously, benefits are of value. 401ks, um, flex time, being able to work out of the house, is that available? Um, you know, commuting and so so forth and so on. So that, to keep in mind, when we're talking, when we are negotiating, there's usually a lot more other components that are associated to that. Um, and most of you all know that. It's just keeping in mind, too, though, which ones are really important to you and which ones would be really important to them. Okay, so you also want to be always thinking about the other side of that. And so when you're looking outside of the box, let's also use the example um, real estate. You know, like I was saying, in some cases, the people, they need to have a quick closing. They need to be out of the house and just want this behind them. Well, that has some value to it. Um, it, Or sometimes it's the other way. For tax purposes or whatever, they don't want to close too quickly. And they're willing, you know, they would like somebody who's willing to wait a little bit longer. All of those things do have value. So you can keep those in mind when you are negotiating on price. To, keep, to you know, I mean, everything from houses is also our appliances included and so forth. All right, so keep all that in mind. So while we're keeping that in mind, let's talk about the win-win then. 
a lot of people, when they think, you know, they think, oh, we're going to do a win-win. Win-win is great. Um, but let's talk about really what is a win-win. So when we're thinking about a win-win, we're thinking about everybody feels like this was fair. And it's the best example I have then sometimes of how we can kind of miss the win-win and where we can miss what's really of interest to the other person and get so caught up in the negotiation that we, we forget about what's, what's truly important here. And so my example of this one is um, it's kind of goofy, but I like it, is I always think about a, um, like, let's say we're in France and we have a French chef and he is going to be preparing a dinner for the president and uh, he's all excited, and he has his – the pastry chef is also in, and he's going to be making an exquisite dessert for the president. Well, now the French chef and the pastry chef are back in, in the kitchen, and they're cooking, and they realize they are down to one lemon. And they start arguing over this lemon because they both need the lemon. And so you got the French chef, you know, I need the lemon for the, you know, the – the salmon that we are making, my salmon will not be complete without it. And they start arguing, arguing. And then the pastry chef could be saying, <laughs> Vinny's cracking up. You like best that? Best impression I've ever heard. It's <laughs> <laughs> <was> really good. <laughs> I have a really bad accent. Because all chefs talk like this. That's right. <laughs> this is what we do. <laughs> See, you're good at this one. I've heard a couple here. <laughs> okay, so I'll try to be as good as Vinny here. So now we got the pastry chef saying, no, I need the lemon because I have to have it for my perfect um, tarts that I will be creating. So anyway, they start really getting at it. They're getting very passionate. And the maitre d' finally comes in and is like, what is going on here? And they're arguing and the chef is saying, I need the lemon. And, and the pastry chef, he does not need the lemon. I need the lemon. And the pastry chef's like, oh, no, I need the lemon for my tart. And the chef is just so pompous and they start getting at it. Okay, so finally the maitre d' stops and he says, okay, chef, what do you need the lemon for? He's like, I need it for my salmon. And he's like, okay, exactly what do you need it for? I need the juice. It has to have a certain amount of juice that from one lemon on it. Aha. Okay, pastry chef, what do you need the lemon for? I have to have the lemon for my, tart, my what do I call it, a custard, my tart. And what do you need the lemon for? I need to have the shreddings of the outside of the lemon. I need the rind for the top. Aha. So you see what's going on here. Win-win then is great. Pastry chef, you use the rind, use what you need for your tart, then give the lemon over to the chef, and he can use the, the lemon juice inside of it. That is what we mean by a win-win. And a lot of times, like in this case, we get so argumentative and so, you know, in our stance that we don't see really what is the interest of the other person. What do they need? A lot of times these arguments aren't necessary because we just don't take the time to really understand what do they need there. Okay, so really be thinking about the win-win and, and thinking about what exactly is needed here. So with that now, the next part of when we are negotiating, and this always goes back now to even our friends, our, um, the coworkers, our clients, is the relationship should always be number one, especially in business. And in fact, in, in most things, it's almost always about the relationship. If you can maintain the relationship, the negotiations will probably always work out. It's when that relationship starts to get um, damaged is when the negotiations will start to fail. And also keep this in mind, especially if you are um, a person that does negotiate quite a bit with external clients and vendors and such, that relationship is really important because you're probably going to be doing a number of negotiations with them. And in some cases, that means you may be giving in on some negotiations just to save the relationship which 
usually then, because of the law of, of reciprocity, usually that'll come back, and then there's another time when they're going to give a little more to you. So it's the relationship that is the most important thing. So now going into the big picture of what we're thinking about here is what happens when we're in negotiations and when they start to go south is when we start to get too focused on ourselves, standing in our stance, and we totally start to disassociate ourselves from the other person and we start to let that relationship get damaged. And that's when your negotiations are going to start failing. So you want to keep checking yourself throughout the time. Where are you? Are you understanding what's going on with them? What are they feeling right now? More than likely, if they're feeling frustrated, angry, why is that, though? What are they afraid of? You know, more than likely, it's, the, it's not the question of, oh, they're afraid they're not going to get the, 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 the contract signed the, you know, to the terms that they wanted and the money that they wanted. There's usually something else going on. Um, why is it that they're concerned that they're not going to get the money that they need? Why do they need that money? Maybe there's something else. Maybe they're not going to be able to get the terms and the um, and be able to get all of the different aspects of the part that they want. Maybe they're not going to be able to customize it the way they want. Maybe they're not going to be able to um, get it in the timeline and get the support that they want. Again, there's so many other things that really could be driving what their their fear is, their anger, and we tend to associate that just with price. So again, it's putting yourself over there with them, being empathetic, putting yourself into their shoes, asking those clarifying questions of trying to figure out, okay, what's really important to them and what do we really need to be focusing on? Okay, so now keeping that in mind then, when things start to stall, what can you do? Okay, so things are stalling. We've, we're First thing you want to start thinking about is, wait a second, what's going on th- with the relationship? Is there something that I need to be doing here? Do I need to back off a little bit? Um, do we need to just take a break and get to the back to the relationship? In other cases, sometimes it's returning back to what do you agree to? So, for example, let's say that you're, that, you know, it's just long and you're exhausted and it's two groups negotiating and you've, you know, made headway on a lot of things, but there's still these, like, maybe three sticking points. But they tend to get blown a little bit out of proportion, especially after we're, when we're all exhausted and just want this to end. So sometimes it really helps to stop the action and to say, okay, let's just stop for a moment and let's, let's, let's kind of take a, um, an overview. What have we agreed on? Okay, we've agreed that, we, yes, we both want to be able to um, do this event together on this day. And we've both agreed that, you know, that the target audience and, and who it's going to be and the people and, and the impact that it's going to have. We've agreed with, the, you know, the venue and so forth. What we haven't, what we're still, though, um, haven't agreed with is just, you know, who's doing which part. But everything else seems to be flowing really well. It's just this really last small part that we need to focus on. Sometimes putting it back into perspective like that can help people Kind of take a breath and say, you're right. Okay, yeah, we're making much too big of a deal of this. And or it can also put things back in perspective and, and to help ground us again in, okay, you know what? We're really doing good. Let's not ruin the whole deal deal just because of a $5,000, you know, oriental rug. Um, I actually had that one time. And so be, sometimes stopping the action and then returning back to, okay, where have we gone? How far have we come? What do we agree on? Then all we have are these last few things. The other thing that can help move the action forward, and this time this is actually kind of contradictory, but it can be really helpful, is um, join their side. So in this case, you could say, you know, 
that would be fine. You know, we're, we're not going to argue with you. As If you guys want to do the morning session, that would be fine. Um, let's talk about then how we want to do that um, because we can see how important that is for you. And, and it is important to us, too, and for these reasons. However, it seems like that's, that, that is really um, something that does have a lot of significance to you. It does have a lot of importance, in, and, and I, I think I understand that. You know, So tell me a little bit more. Why is that so important and so that we can figure out how we can maybe make that happen for you? So sometimes just joining them and, and going on their side will help lower those defenses and lower that wall. Um, and again, then sometimes what you can play on there, if that's something that you can negotiate a little bit on, be willing to give and, and really recognize that you see this is important to them. And so I want to make that happen, that sometimes then that law of reciprocity will kick in where then where you've given something to them that maybe, you know, human nature tends to get tends to state that they're going to want to help you out then too. Okay, so then the last one we want to think about is after the negotiations, make sure with the follow-up because, again, remember that it's all about the relationship. And sometimes, depending on the relationship, maybe they feel like they gave a little bit more or conceded a little bit more this time, or maybe they feel like they did better this time and they're starting to feel a little guilty, whatever it is. Sometimes having that follow-up just to say, you know what, I'm so glad that we made it through that. You know, we, we made it work. And now I just want to focus on the relationship again. Would you, you know, I would love to take you out to coffee or something. Okay. All right. So negotiating. Hopefully that gave you some good nuggets to work with the next time you're having to negotiate either with a coworker or your kid. Again, you have been listening to the Misha Rouser Show on 1150 KKNW. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to the Misha Rouser Show on Alternative Talk 1150. Join Misha every week. Tuesdays, 9.30 to 10 a.m., as she takes you down a path toward achieving professional success while still having fun. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your colleagues. Misha helps people and organizations be successful, all while staying on a positive path. Tune in next week for the Misha Rouser Show.